This week on The Wise Guys. Financial hardships, a lot of it comes from just a lack of knowledge. You know, just having a lack of opportunities mm-hmm. and just having just the awareness to kind of find out, like, you know, all right, how can I make my situation better? Or how can I even plan for a better situation? Right. You know, and it just, you just fall into these, like, constant traps, you know, just even, it could just be lack of finance, just lack of managing, a lack of bu- budget. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how, you don't, you know, you don't grow up with a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. You don't grow up with knowing about credit. You don't know, you don't grow up with knowing about savings and budgeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly in this, constantly dealing with these financial hardships, you know, so I, 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 I would not agree with those statements. Okay. I, I, I'm real against. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys Podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? This is your boy, Kevin Unglad. And this is Mark Cruz. And we are the Wise Guys Podcast, back for another week. Mark, what's going on, bro? How you been doing, man? Doing good, man. It's been a good week. You know, just trying to uh, work on my diet a little bit. Ah. Okay, okay. All right, you, you, you trying you trying to get the, the the beach bod for the summer? <laughs> trying to add a couple more years to my life, man. You know. Hey, amen to that, brother. I hear that, man. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man. Uh. Uh, pretty good, man. You know, um, I know we saw each other, each other not that long ago because you know we've been enjoying our holiday break. Um, but uh, yeah, man, back in Connecticut now, um, and just you know ready to kind of, you know, take another few days off and then get back to work real, real soon. So you know, just 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 happy to, you know, just uh, be around and to be doing my thing. And you know, it's uh, it's the lady's birthday, so definitely, you know, once this podcast is up, I got to go check her out, see how she's doing. You know. Definitely. Shout out to her, man. Definitely, definitely. Uh, shout out to my baby, Danielle. Um, love you. I'll see you soon. Um, <laughs> um, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, so, Mark, today's episode, um, and not just Mark, uh, wise community, wise guys, wise gals. Uh, today's episode is uh, episode 21. This is America. All right. Episode 21 is titled This is America, or should I say it in the Childish Gambino uh, stance? This is America. Don't catch you slipping. All right. I'm going to stop right there. All right. So, this is America. That's today's uh, episode title. Um, and, Mark, we have a very special guest coming on the show today. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Man, this brother right here, man, uh, wow. Um, I'm going to allow him to, you know, really do his own thing and his own introduction. But uh, this brother this brother right here, Mark, he's another very, very good friend of mine. Um, I don't talk to him often, and that's not out of choice. It's because, you know, we're all so busy in our lives. You know, you're, you know, even with you sometimes, you know, we often don't talk. It's not because, you know, we're not friends and we're not close. It's because, you know, everybody got a lot of stuff going on, you know? But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um. This guy right here, man, um, I remember my conscious awakening back in 2011, you know, I got exposed to like Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam and all of all of these, you know, great militant brothers, you know, during the civil rights movement and, you know, just them trying to dismantle, um, you know, the powers that be and, and, and trying to fight for equality for all black people. And that I think I think when I was 20 years old back in 2011, that's when my eyes really, really opened up. And uh, I remember I saw this brother in the library reading um, the autobiography of Malcolm X and he told me it was a great book. So after he read it, 
and was telling me all about it, I went to the uh, to the Queensboro QCC library to go uh, purchase myself a copy in the midst of like you know a school and all this other stuff. And man, I think that book right there changed my life, Mark. I think after reading that book, man, I was just being mad towards everyone. I was I was like, buck the system, man. Let's rebel, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was just a great point of my of of, of a, a great turning point in terms of uh, my conscious journey and just being a, a young black man in America, being socially aware of everything going on. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that too much. Um, but this this gentleman right here, man, he's a, he's a few years older than me. Um, I don't want to give his age, you know what I'm saying? Because you know I don't I, I don't want to expose him. <laughs> but um, he he's a very very bright cat, very smart, very very wise. So happy to be bringing him onto the show today. And I really look up to this guy, man. I really really do. I think he's a great brother, and I think his mind in itself will allow for great things uh, to be done in this life. He will impact this world, and I think our fans and our wise community, our friends out there, our, our wise family can benefit from um, having him on today as a guest. So without any further ado, I'd like to bring on to the Wise Guys podcast uh, show today, uh, Mark and myself, Jerome Davis. Jerome, my brother, man. Welcome on to the Wise Guys podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome. Thank you, welcome thank you for having me. For sure. For sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Jerome, uh, could you please be sure to give our wise community out there a 30-second elevated pitch synopsis about who you are and what you do and all that jazz? Well, okay. So, first of all, once again, my name is Jerome Davis. Uh, I am now a supervisor. I work for, like, the social services with people who are, like, mentally uh, challenged and stuff, uh, people who deal with schizophrenia, uh, people who deal with um, autism. Uh, it's been very close to me because you know I have really uh, relatives in my family yeah. that uh, that suffer from this, so it's kind of inspiring me and stuff to like go into this field. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I could say I'm an inspiring uh, I'm an inspiring uh, a lawyer. I wanted to go, you know, I'm inspiring to be a lawyer. You're a future lawyer, man. Speaking into existence, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm a future lawyer. You know, that's in the works now. So. Um, yeah, writer, musician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, man, you're a, you're a bit of a renaissance man. I forget that you you produce, Absolutely. man. Yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. Maybe, maybe I'm gonna have right, to. Yeah. Maybe I'm. Try to find myself. Yeah, man. Maybe uh, Mark and I will have to talk to you off air sometime about producing a a, a, a new uh, a new track for season two or season three. I know Mark hates it, but. For sure, for sure. Yeah, man, we'll talk about it outside of this. Um, but yes, wise community. Um, again, the reason why Jerome is on the podcast is because he had he's. I consider this uh, this gentleman right here, this fine young gentleman, a historian, man. Not only is he a historian, he he has a very keen, sharp, critical eye about a lot of the things that we as African Americans or we in all sectors of the community um, struggle with and go through in America. And this guy, man, he's really, really good with his dates and facts and things that have happened in this country. So, yeah, man. So it's going to be fun. Let's get right, right into it, gentlemen. I don't want to waste any more time. Our first segment of the day this evening is government assistance. Is it fact or fiction? Again, government assistance. Is it fact or fiction? And Jerome, since I kind of want to get you acquainted and uh, you know, kind of you know, in the groove of the show, I'm gonna actually start off with the first question with you. Okay, so um, the first question is: Are programs such as food stamps, welfare, Section Eight, or any of these uh, government assistance programs, are they beneficial or detri or detrimental to the development of the African American population and community at large? What do you think, Jerome? I really feel that's a really great question because it kind of depends on how you look at it. Mm. You know, there's sometimes, there's one argument that would say that it kind of kills the incentive for people to kind of like, uh, 
be more successful in life or do more things in life or find more careers that are like more financially rewarding. And a lot of times they say, a lot of people have the argument that it, it cripples the black community. Like it makes them like, you know, not have this like uh, aspirations to do uh, bigger things or find a better job or be more assertive on life and stuff. But then you have people who, let's say in the working class community, you know, after they work out for, uh, they work for a couple more years, you know, and maybe they're in their 60s, they're in their 70s, they decide to retire and stuff like that. You know, these things can be beneficial, you know, because when you have a pension or let's just say if you're on unemployment or whatever, uh, these kind of services kind of help. Yeah. You know, it kind of helps, it kind of helps, uh, the people kind of, you know, work and, uh, live with life and stuff and, uh, because to, to, sometimes you know the finances you can't pay it. when you when you get paid like uh, let's say a thousand dollars a week you know you can't even pay your rent properly you know you can't even pay certain expenses and with food it kind of helps out so that's the way I look at it right it kind of really depends on it kind of really depends it's, it's a lot of factors that go into age where you are in your life uh you know family situation. So that's the, that's the way I, how I would see it. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Mark, same question. Are government assistance programs uh, beneficial or detrimental to the development of our people within the community? I would say it helps, it helps and it hurts, so I can definitely agree. Um, I would say it helps because, you know, currently minimum wage is not a, it's not a living wage. So you, they, de- they do need some type of stimulus stimulus plan, you know, just something to enable them to live comfortably mm-hmm. because, you know, people without higher education, they sometimes, you know, only have access to the minimum wage jobs and that's not something you can live on in America. Right. So they, they, they need, they need you know, help with food and their housing and stuff like that, but it hurts them because now they're being spoon-fed these resources and it, it's almost like they become so accustomed to it, they don't want to explore other options. Right. So if I'm if I'm uh, if I'm if I'm in like a low income housing and let's say the rent is five hundred bucks a month, and you know the government basically says as long as you make this amount of money per year, we'll make your rent very cheap. Mm-hmm. But if you make over this amount, mm-hmm. your rent's going to go up. That person's going to you know intentionally make sure that their income doesn't get higher so it doesn't screw up their living situation. Right. So it it almost it almost kinda conditions them to want less for themselves and not yeah. want to excel because then life will get harder. That makes a lot that's, of that's how I feel about that it. That makes a lot of sense. And uh uh, Mark, you already know who this girl is. <laughs> I'm not gonna say her name on this podcast, but I was dating this girl. Uh, man, it was a very, very, very uh, rough and tough, uh, tumultuous relationship. But I'm not gonna get into that today. But I was dating this girl who uh, was living in the projects, um, and uh, her mom uh, at the time she was getting into college, and uh, she ended up going to an HBCU. And I think she was home for the summer, whatever, whatnot. And I remember I was over there. 
you know, uh, in fear of my life. And I remember her mom <laughs> was saying, you need a job, um, you know. But if you get a job, please, you know, I, you, you still technically live here in regards to my tax filing. Please make sure whatever job you get, get, get it, get it, get it under the books. Uh, get a job that's going to be under the book, not on the books, because, you know, I don't want to add any of that extra accruing of cash and, and surplus of, 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 of your paychecks onto, onto, onto uh, my filings because I still claim you as a dependent. And when I heard that, at the time, I was much younger than I am now. It was, this was probably back in like 2013, 2014. I had no understanding of how government assistance programs work, not even a, a surface level of knowledge. So I was like, that's strange. Why would you say that? So I just thought that was really, really interesting. Um, yeah, any, any of you want to add to that? or? Yeah, I think because it becomes like a burden on the system. You have like so many taxpayers' money just like, you know, not, not to say it's being wasted, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's just, it's just getting abused. You know, because you have people who kind of sometimes don't really even need it, and they're just you know sucking the system dry. Yeah. You know, and it, and it's, this money could be used for mm-hmm. for more better things. For sure, for sure. Excellent, excellent. So we're going to move on to our second question, gentlemen. Um, Mark, I'm actually going to allow you to go first uh, in answering this question. But before I read the question, I'm, I'm actually going to read um, a quote where I'm going to pull out a, um, some information from the Pew Institute. So, gentlemen, according to the Pew Institute, children under the age of 18 are the most impoverished age population of Americans. And African-American children are almost four times as likely as white children to be impoverished. So I, 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 I say this information, or I speak this information to provide you with this question, and Mark, I'm going to start off with you first. Uh, it's a two-part question, actually. How do government assistance programs affect the well-being of children? Do they contribute to or hinder the social, emotional, and psychological development of the child? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely affects their, their development psychologically because it creates a, a need for, it creates dependency. It creates... Mm-hmm. It creates um, expectation from the government. You know, I need help. You need to help me. Where mm-hmm. is my food stamps? Where is my this? Where is my that? Because, right. uh, you know, in, re- in reality, you are entitled to nothing in this world. Right. You know, you, you have to go out there and get it. You know, you just, I mean, it, I, I say that and it sounds easy, but it's definitely not easy. Mm-hmm. But it does, you know, create a dependency. These parents are subconsciously teaching their children. The government takes care of us every month. Don't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the check. We're going to get the assistance. We're going to get this. We're going to get that. So they, it's a way of life. And, yeah. you know, they're teaching this way of life to their children, and their children will teach it to their, to their children wow. if they don't succeed. Mm-hmm. So um, it is, it's almost like a, it's like a family business. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't hope that's not offensive, but it becomes a way of life. Right, you know? right, right. I get that. I totally get that. Uh, Jerome, um, sound off. Oh, okay, yeah, all right, so uh, I don't totally agree with that, but um, I don't think it, it, it will create, like, a psychological uh, uh, issue or some, like, belief that, you know, you're dependent on, like, the government, you know, constantly, and it's, like, it's being perpetuated throughout, like, uh, it's just, like, an inheritance, like, I'm inheriting this, this, this thought process of just saying, like, you know, maybe, you know, the government will always help you out, and they'll always help us out, but I do think it creates a kind of... I do create a kind of stagnation, like amongst like uh, young African American kids. Um, right. Because I feel like, um, you know, you get you get used to you get used to seeing life a certain way. You know, yeah. because you, you, you think the the government is there always 
trying to like help you out or you always have to depend on it or depend on these services and stuff like that. But I don't think I I don't agree with the fact that it's it's it, it, it stops them or it makes them in the party. I I don't agree with that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, uh, Mark, do you want to respond to that or should we move on to this? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that it does it to 100% of the children, but it, it does, you know, just by watching and, and observing, these children see that their parents depend on this check, so they eventually depend on it. You know, they know when the first of the month comes, mommy gets that, that check in the mail. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that you know, it's hardwired in their brain, like, I need the government, but it's definitely, they're seeing the process, they're seeing what their mother and father go through, and they, that is their way of life at that moment. They may change if they, you know, succeed and move forward in life, but if worse comes to worse, they will be doing the same exact thing that their parents did. I can see. I, uh, I understand. I, I still don't agree with it. I think, I think it's too, it, it can't, it, it, it's, it's, the, the country is so large, and there's so many different mm-hmm. factors in the country, and there's so many yep. different uh, experiences that it's hard to say, you know, what is is that causing, you know, African Americans, or that's one of the factors causing African Americans not to like, you know, persevere or. Oh no, I'm not saying that. Know, I'm not saying that. Oh no, or, or, or be or be just to be dependent. You know, I mean, to have this, to have this, have this, um, this thought process of being dependent. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's like a, a factor. I, I don't see it. You know, I, yeah, I, I no, see them possible. Right. So I might, not, I might have said that incorrectly, but I'm yeah. not saying that that's the reason why we're not succeeding. I'm saying that it can create that that form of dependency. Not saying that dependency is you know crushing us, but it is a part of the thinking because it's a way of life. Yeah, I'll say I got yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. And. Uh, I'm 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 sorry. I, I kind of got so caught up in 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 the in the in the debate that I really uh, kind of lost track a bit. Jerome, did you get a chance to answer to the second question as well, or no? Yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that uh, both sides did. All right, cool. Uh, ready to move on to the next second sex segment? Sorry. Yep. All right, excellent. So, gentlemen. Um, oh, I'm, I apologize. Uh, let's see here. Nope, we're not at the next segment yet. Um, one question later we will be though so my next question for you both um, Jerome you can start off first Uh, my next question for you both is are you in agreement with the notion that America's welfare systems rewards complacency dependency while encouraging single motherhood Um, and is it often deemed as a quote unquote safety net or quote unquote poverty trap and before you respond I just I would like to read this Um, so the libertarian social scientist Charles Murray in his book in his 1984 book uh, losing ground he argues that and I quote social welfare policies had increased long-term poverty uh, they pay women to stay single and have babies, and more of th- and and as a result, more of them will do so. Pay them not to work, and you have a double disaster on your hands. End quote. What do you think about that, Jerome? I think we've kind of touched upon this already, but what do you think? I I, I think I, I I believe that is a, a factor. I think it does. You know, I kind of agree with that statement a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes me wary a little bit, but I kind of agree with it. You know, from what I've seen in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of uh, females will kind of depend on, you know, the government for assistance. And rather than doing things for themselves, they'll, you know, they'll directly look to these services, you know. Um, right. I, I do agree with that. Okay. Mark, what's your thoughts on, on that on that uh, 
uh, statement and as well as uh, the questions in, in itself. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a tough one. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I'm not sure if it's, like, deliberately designed to, you know, have women want to be single mothers because I don't think any of them want to be in that situation, but it, it definitely encourages it. It's almost like a reward for for being a single mother. So it's it's very interesting the way they the way they design the program because it's almost as if, you know, they they can do much better alone than than with a father present. So it's a tough one. It's interesting, gentlemen, because I um and I wish I had my notes here because um uh, I would throw some more things at you, but um, it's interesting. I'm, I want to bring up two points, and I wonder if this plays into it, and you gentlemen can sound off um, however you'd like, all right? And uh, I'm, and after I'm done speaking, um, whether it's Jerome or Mark, whoever would like to speak first can speak first. I, as I was compiling research for this episode, I saw that... Um, I think in the 1960s, I think, or right at the height of the civil rights movement, um, uh, the government had, uh, like, so one of the protocols of the government to ensure that women within black communities received uh, government assistance, one of the requirements um, was that, that, there, that there was, uh, that there shouldn't have, uh, that there was, that there was no black men um, in the house. So, like, so, it, so there we go. That's what I was thinking. I was trying to come up with a term. So it was deemed uh, uh, um, the, the, uh, the quote-unquote quote man of the house rule so where like the the government would do these periodical uh, checks on on the household and if the father was living in there um the father uh, if the father was living there then the mother would uh be stripped of her cash assistance in regards to taking care of herself and as well as her children and then as well as um i think ronald reagan uh don't quote me i can't give you the exact year but ronald reagan during his uh presidency he deemed um our women uh he deemed our women as uh quote-unquote welfare queens because they were uh, uh, fine and, and they were fine and, and comfortable within this uh, system that allowed them to kind of remain complacent and receive funds from 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 uh, from, from the government from the state and, and and not make anything of themselves or to progress. So um, I'm interested in what you guys think about there. Think about that. Excuse me. Um, either the man of the house rule in terms of how these how the government would do these periodical checks in uh, in a lot of these broken homes to see whether the father lived there or not. Or as well as uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, perspective, which is very similar to Charles Murray's on um, uh, women being complacent. So the the, the quote unquote welfare queen. What do you guys think about that? Um, I, either you can speak to this first. It doesn't matter. Uh, um, I, I, all right. So maybe I'm gonna double back what I what I said before. I, I don't know if I like I, I agree with it like wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Like with me, um, I'm a person who thinks about like facts. Like everything is like you know everything every social situation is mostly faceted. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that create that puts a person in a certain predicament. Mm-hmm. Um, and to say that uh, you know these welfare system creates or makes a makes a makes a woman African American woman comfortable in a situation, and you know just to depend on the government, uh, I don't I, I don't agree with it. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors that's putting that that individual there. Um, sometimes it's even a lack of education to see certain opportunities. There's a lack of awareness. There's a lack of knowledge. You know, just to uh, to know different avenues or different ways or trying to find a better career to get a better income. You know, because it's make I, I feel like behind that behind that statement is a statement of like you know, for lack of a better term, laziness. You know, that they're lazy or that we are lazy. That we don't do much. So we don't strive for things. You know. Mm-hmm something that's been going on 
that's been said about us, a stereotype that's mm-hmm. been said about us for a long period of time. And I, I just don't agree with that. You know, a lot of uh, people, a lot of people, uh, I think, who deal with poverty and who deal with uh, just financial hardships, a lot of it comes from just a lack of knowledge. You know, just having a lack of opportunities mm-hmm. and just having just the awareness to kind of find out, like, you know, all right, how can I make my situation better? Or how can I even plan for a better situation? Right. You know, and it just, you just fall into these, like, constant traps, you know, just even, it could just be lack of finance, just lack of managing, a lack of budget. Mm-hmm. You don't even know how, you don't, you know, you don't grow up with a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. You don't grow up with knowing about credit. No, no, you don't grow up with knowing about savings and budgeting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly in this, constantly dealing with these financial hardships, you know. So I, 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 I would not agree with those statements. Okay. I, I, I'm real against. I'm, I'm against any, 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 any argument that's tried to, with that that says something in one sentence and tries to encompass this whole social problem. Right. You know, like right. This, one just one sentence and try to say you know it's this reason they're making you know it's it's, it's welfare queens queens and stuff it's just like right. you know, it's, a, it's a total it's nonsense so do you think uh you know, good it's just like yo how ronald Reagan say something like that you know what i mean it's just like what what 15 years before it was just the, the civil rights act was just passed you right. know what i mean like right. segregation was just you know you can't expect a people that's been on you know mm-hmm. that's been dealing with dealing with Excluded from everything, the society just excluded from society and ask them to, you know, to perform equally like everybody else or equally as whites. Uh, I just, I, I just disagree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had a point I was gonna make, but I'll make the point after um, I let Mark speak. Uh, Mark, so what do you think about these terms? Uh, whether it's Ronald Reagan's uh, welfare queens, quote unquote, or whether it is uh, um, the uh, "Quote unquote man of the house rule," where they were doing periodical uh, random checks mm-hmm. to uh, to ensure that no black man was living in the house. What do you think about those? Yeah, I definitely think that was an insulting statement from Ronald Reagan. But at the same time, I think we're all being a bit biased towards these statements because we are black. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whenever if you consider the resources that we don't have access to, mm-hmm. and then if you and then you consider the the programs that are in place by the government to assist us. It doesn't make sense to say that we are not, or some of our community is not dependent on these systems. Mm-hmm. Our community is absolutely dependent on these systems because of the lack of resources. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say dependent, I'm not saying that in a you know disrespectful way. Dependent is, is you know it's not really an insult. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fact. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a small percentage or you know small percentage of our community is dependent on these programs to live. You know, just to just to get by. Yeah. And, you know, if if they were to strip them tomorrow, it would be a huge uproar. It would be a huge issue in our community and other communities. So to say that we're not dependent on it mm-hmm. would just be false because it's a fact that there's many families that literally cannot live without these programs. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not. I'm not going to say that they're lazy. I'm going to say it's because of a lack of resources. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They... they they don't have the like you said, uh, like Jerome said. They don't have the uh, financial education mm-hmm. to to better themselves when it comes to investing. They don't have the traditional education to, you know, like you know, access to you know, let's say college. They didn't. They maybe they didn't go to college. They didn't go to uh, trade school. 
Mm-hmm. So they're limited in that aspect because they don't have the uh, the ability to get a higher paying job. So that makes them dependent on the system. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a choice. Yeah. That, and it's not their fault, but the fact is they're dependent. We can't we can't run away from that fact that they do need the program. So, Mark, I hear what you're saying, and uh, and I think I think uh, I think I think what you're saying has a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. But don't do you not think? Well, either you could answer this, whether it's Mark or Jerome. But do you not think that th- it, it, it's uh, it's very problematic in a sense where you know you have a lot of uh, people, whether they're in the Caucasian community, uh, Latina community, Indian community, who, whatever, Asian community, whatever, and they're like, well, that's the problem problem with black people they don't like to work they don't like to do this they don't like to do that they just like to just uh sit on their asses and 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 just receive uh government checks do you think that that a lot of these programs just reinforce the discrimination and the racism that uh a lot that a lot of people speak upon them uh, speak upon us in regards to the narratives that are formed it's it's interesting because i'm i can't really uh pull out the exact percentage but isn't the uh, percent of white people that use government assistance more than black people? Absolutely. I found that in my research. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, so that's the thing. That's so, that's, it's like, so it it shows that not only are some black communities dependent on the system, mm-hmm. some white communities are dependent on the system. Mm-hmm. So this isn't even a color thing anymore. This is just... A poor thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree with that statement. I agree with that too. I agree with that, but I would say, I, I would say this, uh, not to play devil's advocate, but um, I, even though like when you say bias, I think we should be. I don't think there's nothing wrong with being a. Uh, we should always look at a situation from our point of view. I mean, you should be objective. Absolutely. We should always look at, uh, uh, like as black people look from our point of view. Um, secondly, I think um. I don't, I don't, I don't know if families would necessarily need or to survive. Like, like we won't be able to survive without it. Because, correct me if I'm not wrong. I think all these services came after World War II, or after like um, yes, FDR, you know, the the New Deal and stuff like that, and providing all these services. Absolutely. What happened after the Great Depression and stuff? You are right. You know, and mm-hmm. and. and, and Black people were kind of fairly well, like, not not well, but like we we, we depended on each other. More. Right. There was more. There was more. There was more com- camaraderie. Right. Know, amongst us when we didn't have these services. Absolutely. So the, I feel right. like you know. But, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, just coming across, uh, coming along in my research prior to recording this this episode with both of you gentlemen. The from what I've seen, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure you know a lot of the sources that I looked into were pretty accurate. The welfare system in itself was created and intended to help poor white people in order to assist them in the you know during the hard times of the war when a lot of their men went overseas to fight for this country. So and then it transitioned and became a life of its own in regards to the African American community, and it just kind of I don't know spiraled out of there or you know it's kind of crazy. Right. I. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with you guys, and I appreciate the, uh, you know, the, the facts when it comes, when you know, based on when these programs were implemented. Yeah, right, right, right. It, it does. It doesn't matter when they were implemented, though, because once you condition someone to getting something, they will be dependent on it. It doesn't matter what right. you did before; they could have been independent before. But once you right. get them hooked on the system, you know, they're 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 stuck for life. Like you could have been sober your whole life, but you get addicted to drugs. You are officially dependent on that drug. It doesn't matter how you were 20 years ago. So it's the effect that's happening now, you know, and we can't say P- 
people can live without it because if we stripped the you know stripped everyone in New York from you know public you know government assistance hell would break loose people would be starving i mean if we if we think there's people starving now you know people on the trains begging for food and different things like that it would be 100 times worse because right. people truly do need these programs at this point like it's it's a way it's their way of life if if someone's conditioned to getting a check once a month they plan around that check strip them of that check people are going hungry but but uh mark i i totally i totally am in agreement with a lot of what you're saying and i respect your perspective but shouldn't shouldn't the hope or the intention of our community be to eventually to, to to whether it be to dismantle or to eventually make our ways out of the system you know what i'm saying haven't we suffered long enough wouldn't we want to eventually get to a point where in a hundred or two hundred years from now black folks as a, a, a in general are thriving and don't have to depend on these government assistance programs I mean that would be a that would be the hope that would be what we want but I mean what's the plan if no one's got a plan it's not going to happen <laughs> it's a nice dream it sounds great but how how are we going to do it we can say wouldn't it be great if we got off of it but how are you going to get off a drug a drug addict could say it would be great if I got off but he doesn't know how he's going to get off you know what I mean like it's not that easy we can't just say you know just stay on the program for a couple months and you got to get off, man. We're not, they're not thinking that way. I mean, what are we giving them financial education with this check or are we just giving them the check? If they're just getting the check, we're not helping. We're just, we're just spoon feeding and walking away. But if the check is coming with a program based, you know, financial uh, education, uh, a way to, to find, you know, to increase your skill set to get a better job then we're really helping but that's just like if you see a homeless person and you give him a sandwich you helped him for the day but you didn't help him for life because you did nothing for him but fill his stomach you mm. have to feed his mind um before we move on do you want to add any last second thoughts to that uh question and topic jerome oh no no okay cool 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 excellent excellent um all right, gentlemen. So, just two more questions left. All right, uh, we're you know we're moving along pretty good here. So, my fourth question, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with uh, Jer uh matter of fact, let me start off with Mark first. I want Jerome to get the last question. Um, matter of fact, no, I take that back. Let me start off with Jerome first because I want Jerome to get the last question last. All right. So, um, okay. Okay. So, Jerome. So, my question four is: Should there be more? All right. Should there be more of an emphasis to circulate? Oh, man. Matter of fact, before I read the question, I would just like to say this. Um, we have moved into our second segment of this episode. I apologize, uh, Wise Community, which is called The Black Dollar. I know this is going to get Mark very frustrated and angry, all right? Uh, the Black Dollar. <laughs> um, so, Jerome, the question again is, should there be more of an emphasis to circulate the black dollar within our own communities? For example, black banking um, and... Uh, uh, you know, um, black banking and uh, black-owned businesses. What do you think? Should there be more of an emphasis to circulate the black dollar within our own communities? Because you know, you see guys, you, you see guys such as Dr. Umar Johnson. Um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Tariq Nasheed. Um, um, even I think even Michael Eric Dyson. Like a lot of these upstanding educate, uh, educated brothers speak a lot on, on and and even um um even uh. Um, Doctor, uh, no, um, I forget his name. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Leader of Nation of Islam. Um, 
Uh, Farrakhan? Farrakhan, yeah, Minister Farrakhan, right. A lot of these men talk about, you know, the Asian community, their dollar circulates within their community for 30 days, within their communities, within their neighborhoods, within their businesses, before it leaves the community. Same uh, uh, for in, uh, the Indian community as well, if I'm not mistaken. But the black community, a lot of these men say and argue, is the only community where our spending power does not re re uh, stay directly with us. It immediately goes to uh, consumer products outside of our our own communities. What do you think? Uh, first of all, I agree with them wholeheartedly, mm -hmm. uh, 100%. I mm -hmm. do believe that the black dollar should circulate, should circulate more in our own communities. Mm -hmm. um, we should have more of an interest, uh, not to say in ourselves, but like, yeah. But yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, we should have a real, like, uh, know financial interest in our own communities and like investing in our own and our own people i don't mean to say people because we're all americans anyway right. but um you know but i do agree with that that that's 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 much i can say i can't even add anything more to that mm -hmm. you know that's fine. Um, so, yeah, Mark, <laughs> I know Mark's going to have something to say about this. Same question. Should there, be more yeah, of an, yeah, yeah. Sh should there be more of an emphasis to circulate the black dollar within our own communities, uh, you know, black-owned businesses, and baking black? We actually had a discussion about this recently. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I think the whole, uh, the emphasis on the black dollar and, uh, you know, circulating the black dollar around our communities and building black businesses, it all sounds very nice and it sounds very cute, but yet at the end of the day, the emphasis should be on building wealth. I mean, what? how does circulating the dollar in my community increase my wealth faster? Why am I focusing on one group? If I'm an entrepreneur, I'm focusing on the world. For me to say, I want to build my business and only service one type of person, I am limiting my earning potential. I'm stagnating my growth. I, you, why would you want to, you know, isolate yourself economically? I'm, I'm all for everyone building wealth. I'm for everyone investing. I'm for everyone building businesses. But when you focus on one group, you are, you're making a big mistake when it comes to, to actually, you know, increasing your wealth and increasing your earning potential. It just, it just, it sounds great to have black-owned businesses. It sounds great to have, you know, a, a black economy. But what is the real economical benefit other than just saying, I have a black-owned business? Like, it sounds cute, but what is the benefit? To get to where everyone else is in terms of class standing? No? I mean, I have, uh, to, uh, hey, I, I think that shows community. You know, you go to, like, you know, you go to any community, um, you go to any community, and, you know, there's a lot of ownership. Like, if you're in a Spanish place, uh, you know, there's, there's laundry mats, there's grocery stores, there's corner, there's corner grocery stores, there's, uh, there's phone, there's phone, um, there's places that provide services for phones and selling phones and stuff like that. There's restaurants, you know, and it's just, you know, there's people that don't even, don't even decide to speak English. Like I, they just stay in their community. They just here. Like yeah, I, I don't even have no. There's no business for me to even leave there. You know, I don't. I don't find that in like the black community. I don't find those things. Um, I feel like uh, we should have those interests in, in ourselves. You know, because everybody else do it. You know, I don't see what's the difference between us. And if, and now, if our product and if our services are so good, 
that it makes other people want to come then great but I feel like you know it should be we should come first that's just you know that's talking <laughs> but, but what is the benefit to your wealth I, I understand um, the community benefit I understand the community benefit because I, I understand you know if you're raising a child in a certain area you want them to be able to see that we have businesses we have you know resources but what is the benefit to your wealth so, the wealth, the wealth won't be a financial wealth. It will be a social wealth. It won't be a financial wealth. It'll definitely be a social wealth because you know it ain't gonna, it's not gonna benefit everybody individually. But it'll be a social wealth. It'll be something. It'll be camaraderie amongst each other. You know, and that's something that's uh, that's very important. You know, that's what makes a people. You know, that's what makes a that's what makes a, a community. And that and that, I, I find that to be important. I respect that. Okay. But um, at okay. this point, you know, <laughs> no, as, as a black man, you know, no, seriously, as a black man, my main objective is to build wealth and to build it as fast as possible for my family and future generations. I am not concerned about building a community right now. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm willing to build my wealth and teach other brothers how to do the same, but I'm not concerned about these, these social constructs that you're mentioning because I don't see the benefit right. to my great grandchildren. Um, I see the benefit to, to my mind, to your mind. Great, I have a black bank, but what the hell is that doing for me? You know what I mean? It's it's about the dollar at the end of the day. You can't pass down good memories, but you can pass down wealth, and that's the only thing I can focus on. Because I mean, it feels good to have a black-owned business, you know, black community with with resources, but it's not doing anything for your family. I think you, I think um, I do. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't agree. I feel like. Uh, I feel like it, it's very. It, it, it has a lot of benefits. It has a lot, a lot of benefits because you know the, these are the same people who can help generations. These are the same people that that dollar circulating or who was ever accumulating that wealth in the community. In the community, say you know maybe this family needs help or maybe this family needs assistance. Let's provide this assistance for them. You know, let this community provide this assistance for this certain individual, this certain family that we see amongst other people. You know, may they be Jews, may they be, you know, uh, uh, Chinese or Japanese, where, you know, they put, you know, certain people provide services for other people who are coming in or other people in the community. Um, I feel like this real, like, capitalist way of thinking of, like, this, you know, we got to do it on ourselves. We got this individual, this individualistic way of thinking, like finances, like, you know, this, this obtain as much wealth as possible just for me and mine and my own. You know, I think that's, that's, I think that is kind of detrimental to, like, the African-American community. But I think that is extremely important as a person and as an individual, just as a human being. You should strive for stuff like that. But I think that, you know, I just believe that's just detrimental for just the African American community. I agree with that. I mean, I mean, me personally, you know, <laughs> it's it's not just me as an individual. You know, there's always a team mm -hmm. involved. But oh yeah, okay. I I can I can see that. I can see what you're saying. But at this point, the way the economy is constructed, that way of thinking will not build substantial wealth. Gosh, that 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 worked in the '60s. Yeah, you know what I mean? That worked in the 50s and 60s, but now this is an era of, like, it's, it's the internet era. You have the ability to, to engage in commerce with anyone 
across in, across the globe. So if you're focusing on one 10 block radius, you're losing. You know what I mean? But I can totally understand what you're saying when it comes to the, the social impact. But, you know, when you're talking about helping the community and, and people lending lending a hand, this person needs help, stuff like that, that worked in the 40s and 50s, but I feel like it's just the economy is so wide open now. You have access to the world and to focus on the right, small right, right. bubble. Yeah, but I, I I totally feel what you're saying, definitely. Yeah, I feel I feel what both of you guys are saying. I think I think personally, I think that there's no real there, like. Let's be honest. I really think that there's no really true right or wrong answer to this question. Only because it 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 really all depends on what your mindset is as a person, and and also depends on what your beliefs are and the nature of you know what your planned outlooks are as 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 people. Um, and you know if if that's a cause that Mark is not really down for, and I'm not saying Mark doesn't care about his people. That's not what I'm saying. Why me? I want to make that you know very known and clear. I'm saying that if that's a you know if that's a perspective that Mark is not on because he's looking at all the numbers and he's breaking them down and he's seeing a, a um an infograph of like you know how that affects the long-term uh, 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 development of, of our people as a whole, then of course I'm going to focus on my family. And of course I'm going to focus on building my generational wealth because I want to make sure that you know, my my family is good, you know, because, you know, um, if not, you know, I'm just going to be like everyone else who's kind of like, you know, like a, a dead fish in water, you know what I'm saying, or, or a, a struggling fish in water that's trying to come up, you know, you know, trying to go down for air, you know, so, um, and similar to, you know, going back to also Jerome um, himself, I think Jerome's perspective is, is pretty good too, because it's like how long, uh, and I think I talked about it earlier, um, how long can we as a uh, black folks you know stay within this bubble and continue to deal with a lot of this stuff uh you know so i think that's really good um jerome what you got going over there man i hear a lot of wrestling bro come on <laughs> oh i'm sorry you're good man you're fine you're fine um but um how are you guys doing so far we got one final question you guys ready for it yeah we're, i'm all good yeah excellent excellent um all righty um so the final question of the day uh, <laughs> you know, it's another one. Mark, I'm going to start with you first because, again, I want Jerome to get the last, uh, the last word. Um, is the black community mismanaging their spending slash investments? Again, is the black community mismanaging their spending slash investments? And I wish I had my laptop open, but, but I currently don't. But um, I was looking at an article on um, Black Enterprise, and the article pretty much in, in, a, in, in essence was saying that, you know, um, uh, uh, that you know that African Americans are the contributors to 1.3 trillion. Uh, uh, we 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 contribute 1.3 trillion in spending dollars to uh, to um, to the system itself, to commerce in regards to just mass consumerism, and 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 that that's us. That's us as Black people. Our 1.3 tr uh, 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 our 1.3 trillion spending uh, habit, you know, is. Uh, pretty much it makes up a lot of the economy in terms of like you know uh you know products that are consumed and you know i can go from everything from sports to games and everything but that's where um to, to retail but that's where a lot of our money is going into so apparently you know whether the black dollar exists or not you know we are contributing the most the most in regards to this matter but we make up on average 12 to 14 percent of the population in this country uh so mark um again to start off with you is the black community mismanaging their spending slash investments what do you think well i would say absolutely um but like you said it's america itself is a 
consumer-based economy, we over-consume everything. You know, we overspend everything. The average American has less than $1,000 saved. That's the average American. Now, I'm not even talking black yet. I don't have those statistics. They may be a bit scarier, but it just shows you, you know, what the country looks like as a whole. And especially when it comes to us, I mean, we have this, this, uh, this, this, uh, this romantic relationship with, with brands that have nothing to do with our community. Um, you know, all, all three of us, we, we are probably wearing a shirt right now that is not black owned. You know, it's not a black owned business. It's not a black owned brand. You know, it's just that we have, we just have this, uh, we, we just have this, uh, materialistic mentality. Not all of us, but a large percentage of us for sure. And I feel like it's really hard to break that. And it's really funny because um, I watched a video a little while back, and it was a video that was created in the 70s. No, actually, I'm sorry. I think it was the 60s. And it was How to Sell to the Negro, right? And you guys can look this up. It's a very interesting video. Mm-hmm. And they, they basically describe that in order to sell to the Negro in your store, you have to basically speak to his pride. He says the black the Negro has... This is the exact quote. The Negro has very uh, very low self-esteem, and they want to feel important. They want to feel special. They want to feel as if they have money and wealth, even though they don't. So it, it just shows that how we think and the, the thoughts that we're passing down to our children. Mm-hmm. You know, that you are, not, you are not special or you are not cool if you do not own these brands. You know, mm-hmm. you have kids teasing each other in school. Why do you have those sneakers? Those sneakers are whack. You need to get these Jordans. Yeah, it just goes back and forth all day long, and we fight with each other about these things. But at the end of the day, it's just we're teaching our children that you're you're nothing without these brands. You have little babies riding in the carriage with Jordans on. They don't know what a Jordan is, but they will in a few years. That they'll see that I'm only worth something if I'm wearing clothes worth something. So it's very interesting the way we think. You know, I can go on and on to. Uh, even the cars we drive, we drive cars that we can't afford just to look like we have money or look like we're, we're important. We want to feel good because life is short. Mm-hmm. Life is short, but I mean, life is long when you're poor. Right, you know? right. Every day is hard. So I, I'd rather, you know, sacrifice now so that life can be easy. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say building wealth is easy. It's hard as hell, but um, we just have to sacrifice, man. We have to throw these brands away. We just have to, we just have to grind in the dirt. And not saying we aren't grinding, but it's it's tough, man, because everybody's got different situations. Absolutely. I don't want to uh, speak as if everything is easy, but you know that was that was a lot of uh, a lot of words. But I think I think I'll end it there. No, I, I think that's good. Uh, I'm, I'm actually wearing this fly fleece nautical sweatshirt right now, but it was a gift, my brother, for the holidays. It was a gift. Uh, no, 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 it was a gift. It was a gift. Uh, it was a gift. Sammy got it. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy got it. Sammy got it for me for Christmas. I've never had a Nautica before, and I'm not gonna lie to you. The moment I got it, I opened up the present. I was like, "Wow, Nautica!" I was like, "Come on, Kevin, come on, <laughs> don't do it, my brother, don't do it, my brother." So when the moment Mark brought it up, yes, it was good, man. The moment Mark brought it up, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm Nautica out." <laughs> um, it, it feels good though, man. It's it's crazy, man. Um. Yeah, I want to get off the subject, man. They're gonna be like, "You're not, you're not a real wise guy." <laughs> um, uh, Jerome, I'm gonna throw it to you. Same question: Is the black community yeah, mismanaging um, the, their spending and investments? I just add on. It's, it's definitely, true. definitely. I mean, as Americans, uh, you 
know, we we, we squander all our, you know, our finances, and there's just such a lack of like financial education. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've been so invested uh, for these last uh, couple of months, just learning about finances and stuff like that, and uh, it's just how 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 uneducated we are. You know, yeah. I see it from family members, I see it from my close relatives, yeah. um, even myself sometimes, mm -hmm. and I see it, you know, just reading on things. Uh, that's the truth. You know, a lot of people don't even have enough savings. You know, they probably yeah. didn't, they don't even have a thousand dollars. Some don't even have a savings. Yeah, it's true. You know, you live check by check. Yeah. You know, you, you talk to so many young kids that's about uh, debt, uh, credit cards, and um, there's not a, there's not enough. Just we haven't been educated on it. And I remember I, I, I forgot this guy, this man's name. Uh, he went to prison. Uh, but then he started learning about finances and stuff. I don't know if y'all ever saw it. Oh, no, I don't think uh, I've seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he said something that was really, really... Yeah, yeah, exactly. He said something that was really profound. And he said, like, you know, like, the war's been lost. You know? Mm. It's been lost. You know, and he's like, we have to try, you know, new ways of kind of educating ourselves and stuff. But, uh... And knowing what money is, like understanding what money is, you know, understanding the value of money and what is it connected to. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like we don't educate, you know, ourselves, our children, and our loved ones about that. Mm -hmm. I just seen people squander their life away, right. you know, because so much of finance is connected with some people say with your emotional state. Yeah, it's you true. Know? Absolutely. You know, it's imbalance and stuff like that. So, you know, there's, there's a lot saying there. <laughs> there's a lot saying. So, I definitely agree with that. Definitely, 100%. I have no, I have no opposition to that whatsoever. For sure. Um, all right, gentlemen. So, we're going That's to. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, go ahead. Go get it in, man. The thing about you know financial education as a whole. Everyone, everyone says, you know, you know, why isn't financial education taught in schools? I mean, there's a, there's a big reason why financial education isn't taught in schools. It's, it's because of the reason that we just said. This economy is based off of overconsumption. Now, if everybody receives financial education, the overconsumption stops, the economy slows to a halt, and now we have a terrible, slow economy that is that is almost stagnant, not moving. It's, it's, it's slow. The reason why, you know, America's been so successful over the past, you know, 100, let's say 100, 150 to 100 years just because of that overconsumption. People stop consuming. This won't be the country that it is. We won't have the massive opportunity. There's, there's a reason why, you know, there's so many millionaires made in a day now. It's just because people are buying. That's all they do is buy. And it's mostly through credit. Yeah. You know, financial education can't be taught to everybody because it, it would it would just have a detrimental effect on the economy. And even the people that are investing, it's a possibility that they're investing wrong. Because anybody can put their money into something, but if you don't understand the market, you will eventually lose. Right. You, you've got people people blindly investing into their 401k, not knowing exactly what these funds are. You know that that's 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 basically pumping the pumping the stock price with essentially what they call quote unquote dumb money people that mm -hmm. don't know what they're doing but they're just putting money into an investment mm -hmm. you, it's just you know we have to stop you know trying to get advice from everybody we need to actually research things for ourselves because your financial advisor his job is to sell you investments his job is not to 
to get you the best return most of the time. Mm. You know, it, it, it's, it's a conflict of interest. If I get paid based off of how much money you invest, a lot of people are going to say, I'm taking your money regardless, man. What you want to put your money into? It's, it's tough, man. And I feel every, everybody's got a different, you know, investment philosophy. But the way I think is we have to stay away from investments that focus on appreciation, like stocks. You know, things that we're saying, I'm putting my money into this and I hope it goes up based off of some, some information. I feel like we need to focus on investments, you know, in passive income. Passive mm. income producing assets. Because once you put your money into something like that, it's going to pay you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And it can appreciate it that. So it's just, you, we, we just have to really, it's, it's just going to be about research, man. And, you know, we can always say they don't teach us this knowledge in school, but you have a device in your hand that can search the internet and give you any information that you want. Mm-hmm. So what is the excuse? Mm-hmm. Laziness? What is it? We don't know. You know, we're so, we're so you know, confused and distracted through, through entertainment, whether it's rap and, and these different shows on TV and what movies on Netflix and what show season I'm going to watch. We forget that there's actual free information that can improve our lives on the internet. Yeah, yeah. And um, as, as long as they have us tied in that loop, we will never seek that knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's just a it's it's a sad thing, man. And we just have to we have to expand our knowledge. And it, you expand your knowledge by losing and winning. I mean, more losing than anything. I mean, I, I've got I've learned so much from my losses than than wins. So I feel like we have to just we have to be willing to risk our capital to learn. You can't learn just by reading either. You see, that's the thing. A lot of people will say, "I'm getting into investments." And they'll read ten books yeah. and never invest a dollar. Right. Well, you just wasted yeah. that entire the entire thing that you read. If you're going to read uh-huh. something, read it and apply it. Because yeah. if you never try it, you're just reading books. You're just a hobby reader. You're just in, in uh-huh. the corner, just reading all this knowledge. It's going to waste. So man, it's just uh, it's a system in place for sure, and um, we've got to be aware of it to break it. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. All right, gentlemen. Yeah, I yeah. I don't, I don't think the the system can be broken, but a few people can wiggle their way out of it. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. All right, gentlemen. So, so we're going to transition to our final segment of the day, which is called Word to the Wise. Uh, Mark, would you like to start off first with Word to the Wise, or I can go first. I already have a word. I, I don't know what you what you want to do. Okay. Yeah. You can, you can grab them. I got to think of something. All right. For sure. So. So my word to the wise today would be conscious, all right? So conscious would be my word to the wise um, for many reasons. So again, we talked, about, we talked about the black dollar and we talked about government assistance programs, um, you, know, at the earlier, you know, earlier on in the show. And the reason why I bring up uh, the word conscious is because the older you get, right? So you can, you know, y- you know, it's not your fault that you were born into a dysfunctional household. It's not your fault that you were born into a single parent household where mommy didn't have enough to provide for you, and she used her government checks once a month to kind of, you know, help you get on by. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not your fault that you were born into a community, you know, filled with people on, you know, food stamps or Section Eight housing, and you're like woe is me like you know i really don't like my life or i don't like where i'm living at you know um but what the and i and i i 
I want to give a shout out to Jerome on this because years ago, I remember he talked about this um, in, in a conversation with me, actually at Queensboro. He was saying, you know, um, it's not your fault that you were born into the predicament or the circumstance you find yourself in. But the older you get, when, you're, when you become a full-fledged adult and you're 20, 25, 30, there comes a point in time where you have to be held accountable for your actions. And there comes a point in time where you need to be conscious and wary of how the system is set up to not have you succeed and to have you fail and to not prosper financially, um, spiritually, economically and however have you you'd like to place it alright so I say that to say be conscious of all the decisions you make if I buy th these pair of sneakers what is it really going to do for me oh is this inflating my ego um, oh I'm just going to look cool what did I really get out of this investment maybe I could put $10 every single week in a piggy bank and save that for a college fund or something more lucrative or important to uh, my growth as a person something that you know uh, guarantees or pretty much gives me a positive ROI, return on investment. So just be conscious of all the decisions you make and uh, just know that it's not going to be easy. I mean, even people such as myself right now, sometimes, you know, I try to be very conscious, but I'm like, D come on, Kev, did you really need that sandwich right now, my brother? You got a couple of things you got to put money into. Like, did you really need that? You could have cooked your own food. You know what I'm saying? Uh, come on, bro. Did you really need to buy five Subway sandwiches this week? Why didn't you meal prep? You know how to cook now. I mean, it took you 26 years, uh, but that's another story. But you know how to cook now, man. Like, why don't you just make yourself your own food so that way you're able to just do your thing, you know, um, and get to, the, you know, eat your food at work, get to the gym, and you work out, and now that's, you know, uh, benefiting all aspects of your life. You know what I'm saying? Um, physically, spiritually, you know, um, whatever the case may be. So we just got to be wise and we got to be conscious of all the decisions we make. Uh, Mark, what's your word to the wise today? Um, I'll say that my word is sacrifice. You know, it's just, uh, we, we just have to be willing to, we, we've got to be willing to look poor. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like our people aren't willing to look poor. We're poor and we aren't willing to look poor. Come on, man. Play your role. If you were <laughs> poor, why would you... No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. poor, and, and I consider myself poor because I'm not a 1%, I'm not rich. If you're poor, why am I wearing the same clothes as a rich man? I should be allocating my funds to build, some, to build something to eventually get rich or get some something that I can pass down to my children. Mm -hmm. I feel like you know, even even around Christmas time, stuff like this. Now we have people in poor areas that are spending thousands of dollars on Christmas. I couldn't believe you know, on, on on clothes and, and and toys and gifts. I mean, listen, if you're poor, I couldn't believe it, man. The kids should know you're poor. Sorry, kids, no no gifts this year, man. We're investing. You I, know what I mean? I, I thought about that. I, I, I don't want to interrupt your words to the wise. I want you to keep talking. I just want to say, I think it was just mind-boggling for me going into a lot of these stores and see people crambling, getting stuff for their kids, and then putting on social media. I got six gifts for my son this year. I, you know, as his mama, you know, I had to do my thing. You know, he's going to be very happy. It's like, wait, what? But you're poor, though. <laughs> but continue on, Mark. Do they want to be rich? Do they want to be rich, Kev? Right. It's a dream, but do they want it? It's like we cry poor, you know, and... But we're buying crazy amounts of things for Christmas. Right. Thanksgiving, the table is full. Listen, bro. If I start a family, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm poor. No, uh -huh. I'm, I'm being serious. I know. <laughs> if I start a family and I'm poor, when Christmas time comes, I'm going to say, kids, we're poor. We're not getting anything. We're investing. We're putting money into something that's going to pay you later. Right. I'm sorry, your childhood's going to suck. But listen, we're poor. Why are we afraid to be poor? <laughs> right. We're afraid to look poor. Right. Hey, hey, Kev, I didn't give my kids anything this year. What? <laughs> like, everybody looks at you like you're crazy. I didn't get... I didn't get my kid anything for his birthday. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, 
if I'm poor, I'm poor. Must I be willing to look, be, look poor, poor and grind and invest, man. I didn't get anyone anything this year, Mark, and I didn't feel bad about it. I said, hey, I'm poor right now. It'll, you know, it's going to change for <laughs> <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with that, man. Right. It's just like, listen, I'm, I'm, being, I'm playing my role, and, and what, is, what is a poor man supposed to do? He's, he has to build his way up. Why am I pl- putting on a rich costume when I'm poor? It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what's crazy to me, I mean, last thing I want to say before we head to Jerome, you know, you'll see, you see them all the time in the subway, right, guys? Like, and again, I'm not saying this to bash people. It's just, it, it's just a mindset I'm just trying to, to, uh, to, to shed light on to get us out of. Like, you see a whole bunch of dudes, you know, and, you know, in, in the train station, no matter what metropolitan city in America you live in, and, you know, they got on naughty, they got on the Gucci belts, the polo uh, fleece hoodie, and, you know, the illest Pradas or Balenciagas on their feet, and they're like, yo, can I get a swipe, bro? Yo, can you get me on the train? It's like, dude, you got all all this designer on. You can't even get a swipe on a train. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. We're, we're poor, but we're afraid to look poor. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen, man. Right. We have to. We have to sacrifice. Destroy that mindset. We we forget we're poor. Almost. We have this nice stuff, and we forget we're poor. Yeah. We think we're rich. Right. 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 It makes no sense. It's like you said on. Uh, I think it was episode eighteen with. Um, with our boy Jermaine Shout out to Jermaine When you were like You know you pull up in a Honda Everyone's like okay cool But then you pull up in a Benz Everyone's like wow <laughs> But yeah you get addicted to that Wow man Right 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 You want that re- You want that recognition man Yeah 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 man Excellent man excellent And uh, Jerome What's your word to the wise today? My word to the wise today I would say enthusiasm And the reason why I say enthusiasm I feel like, you know, we get caught up in our daily lives sometimes. Uh, if we're working a nine-to-five or we have, um, you know, and it, and it kind of stops us from our, like, our goals. And, you know, enthusi- and enthusiasm is something, you know, that, that makes you push to, towards a goal, that makes you do the things um, that, are, that are meaningful to you and things that you're interested in. Like, you know, when, when a writer writes, it's enthusiasm he writes for you. Uh, when a financial person or a lawyer does something and he's trying to be as enthusiastic as he goes for it. These, like, these are certain characteristics that I find to be successful people have. Yeah. You, know, you know, whatever, whatever skill they're, they're, they're pursuing and stuff like that, it's, it's done with enthusiasm. It's done with a certain amount of energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I feel like and this can't be while you're in this life and in, in the time you're on this earth, you know, you should have it living with some enthusiasm. You know, you enjoy it persevere, learn, fail, succeed, uh, but just have some enthusiasm. You know, wake up in the morning with some energy to get things done. Right. Wow. Yeah, I like that, man. Me too. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, you need enthusiasm even you to be... Drive, right, right. Yeah, I was about to say that. Drive, yeah, you gotta be fired up. You gotta be fired yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No. Um, well, Jerome, um, on the behalf of Mark and I, man, we want to thank you for coming on, brother. Seriously, this was great. Yeah, absolutely. Bro, bro, it was a blessing. This was a blessing. I really mean it, gentlemen. Thank y'all. Thank you for having me. No, for I sure. Really enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. For sure, man. For sure. Um, Jerome, before we let you go, though, man, a um, couple of last-minute things. First and foremost, could you let the wise community out there, uh, the wise guys and the wise gals of our community, could you let them know where can they possibly reach you just in case they want to ask you a question or just in case they want to tell you thank you for coming on and for providing some wise words for us? Well, you know, well, you can always reach me on Instagram. I'm mostly on there most of the time, you know, promoting my stuff. So, you know, I go by my name, John Davis, which is 
John, Jay, John Davis, 1791. I named after my father. Mm -hmm. So you can always reach me if you have any questions. Um, Excellent. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. No, no. Thank you so much. Uh, man, now this was really, really, really great. Um, uh, again, Wise Community, again, we bring on guests uh, to this platform that we know that can provide uh, words of encouragement, words of wisdom, and words that can truly empower and impact your life, okay? So please, please, please be sure to contact Jerome. Hit him up, whether it is a DM or text. Uh, or Well, if it's a DM, just make sure you're DMing him during business hours, all right? Because he got a lady, all right? So ladies, that's, 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 yeah. Uh, but um, you know, uh, DM him during business hours. You know, uh, send him a word. Let him know how you feel. Um, and just uh, you know, be sure to uh, not just uh, not not just Jerome, but all of our guests. Be sure to show them the uh, the love and the appreciation for coming onto the show. Because again, it is not easy to get a lot of these uh, folks on the show because you know they're so busy as we all are with our lives. So when a guy like you know, and Jerome had already scheduled with us, but we had to reschedule due to some complications on his end. So anytime we get a chance to spend an hour or two. Two hours, you know, having a, con a conversation with these guys is very, very, very well um, needed, and uh, it's uh, really appreciated. Yeah, and it's appreciated. Um, so yeah, so that's our show for this week, uh, Wise Community. All right, our uh, next episode next week, episode twenty-two, will be "Is It Because I'm Black?" Again, it'll be "Is It Because I'm Black?" And uh, we're actually talking to a pretty cool educator um, by the name of Drake Coleman, who's going to really drop some knowledge upon us, right, Mark? Yeah, man, 100%. For sure, for sure. Absolutely. So it's going to be really good one. It's going to be a really good one, Wise Community, so prepare for it. Uh, so please, uh, you know, find us online. We're streaming on all platforms, all right? Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, YouTube. Uh, I think I'm missing one. Oh, yeah, SoundCloud. All right, so find us online. Leave a review. And please, if you really enjoy the podcast, please be sure to sh uh, share, 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 and send the link to a friend, whether it's this episode or any episodes in the past that you know a friend would appreciate. Please be sure to share with them. And on Instagram, we're WiseGuysNYC. On Twitter, we're WiseGuysNYC as well. And on Facebook, we're TheWiseGuysNYC, all right? And you could also drop us an email. Send us an email at TheWiseGuysNYC at gmail.com, all right? So as I said, Wise community at the beginning of, beginning of the podcast. This is your boy Kevin Unglot, and this is Mark, and we are the Wise Guys Podcast. And oh man, before we see you all next week, I forgot to add my homeboy, and we are joined by our very special guest, Jerome Davis. And again, we are the Wise Guys Podcast. I messed all that up. We'll see you all next week.